Dedication and Preface of Mountain Idols and Other Poems. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andrew Gantz. Mountain Idols and Other Poems by Alfred Kastner King. Dedication and Preface. To the many friends who have so kindly assisted in the arrangement of the manuscripts for publication, after the shadows of hopeless blindness descended upon me forever, this volume is affectionately dedicated. Preface Of making many books there is no end. Ecclesiastes 12.12 12. When the above words were written by Solomon, king of Israel, about three thousand years ago, they were possibly inspired by the existence, even at that early period, of an extensive and probably overweighted literature. The same literary conditions are as true today as when the above truism emanated from that most wonderful of all human intellects. Every age and generation, as well as every changing religious or political condition, has brought with it its own peculiar and essentially differing current literature, which, as a rule, continued a brief season, and then vanished, perishing with the age and conditions which called it into being, leaving, however, an occasional volume, masterpiece, or even quotation to become classic, and in the form of standard literature survive for generations, and in many instances, for ages. Poetry has always occupied a unique position in literature, and though from a pecuniary standpoint usually unprofitable, it enjoys the decided advantage of longevity. The mysterious ages of antiquity have bequeathed to all succeeding time several of Earth's noblest epics, while the contemporaneous prose, if any existed, has long lain buried in the inscrutable archives of the remote past. The two most notable of these, the Iliad and the Odyssey, are believed to have been transmitted from generation to generation orally by the minstrels and minisingers until the introduction or inception of the Greek alphabet, when they were reduced to parchment and, surviving all the vicissitudes of time and sequent political and religious change, still occupy a prominent place in literature. The Book of Job, generally accepted as the most ancient of writings now extant, whether sacred or secular, was doubtless originally a primitive though sublime poetical effusion. The prose works contemporaneous with Chaucer, Spencer, and even with that most wonderful of literary epochs, the Elizabethan age, are now practically obsolete, while the poetical efforts remain in some instances with increased prominence. Someone, although just who is difficult to determine, though it savors of the Greek school of philosophy, has delivered the following injunction. Do right because it is right, not from fear of punishment or hope of reward. Waiving the question as to whether it is right or not to compose poetry, he who aspires in that direction can reasonably expect no material recompense, though the experience of Dante, Cervantes, Lee Hunt, and others proves conclusively that poets do not always escape punishment. In fact, about the only emolument to be expected is the gratification of an inherent and indefinable impulse, which impels one to the task with equal force, whether the ultimate result be affluence or a dungeon. 
The author of this unpretentious volume has long questioned the advisability of adding a book to our already inflated and overloaded literature, unless it should contain something in the nature of a deviation from beaten literary paths. Whether the reading public will regard this as such or not is a question for the future to determine, as every book is a creature of circumstance, and at the date of its publication an algebraic unknown quantity. It was not the original intention of the author to publish any of his effusions in collective form until more mature years and riper judgment should better qualify him for the task of composition and should enable him to still further pursue the important studies of etymology, rhetoric, Latin, and Greek, and complete the education which youthful environment denied. On the 17th of March, A.D. 1900, occurred an accident in the form of a premature mining explosion, which banished the light of the Colorado sun from his eyes forever, adding the almost insurmountable barrier of total and hopeless blindness to those of limited means and insufficient education. At first, further effort seemed useless, but as time meliorates in some degree even the most deplorable and distressing physical conditions, ambition slowly rallied, and while lying for several months a patient in various hospitals in an ineffectual attempt to regain even partial sight, the following ideas and efforts of past years were gradually recalled from the recesses of memory, and reduced to their present form, in which, with no small hesitation and misgiving, they are presented to the consideration of the reading public, which in the humble opinion of the author has frequently failed to receive and appreciate productions of vastly superior merit. Uray, Colorado, March 15, 1901 End of Dedication and Preface This recording is in the public domain.